The following podcast is part of the MindBodySpirit.fm podcast network. Welcome to Intuitive Connection, where spirituality and psychology meet to help you be your best and brightest self. I'm your host, Victoria Shaw, and in each episode, I'll help you to awaken your own inner wisdom, step into your power, and live a more divinely inspired life. You're here to let your inner light shine. Are you ready? Let's do this. So hello and welcome everyone to Intuitive Connection. Today we have another fantabulous guest, Julie Grimm, and I had the honor of being on Julie's show not too long ago. And it was one of those things that as we wrap things up, something tapped me on the shoulder and said, you're going to have to have her on your show. And so that is what we are doing today. And Julie is a guide and healer in the lineage of King Solomon. I am so excited to learn about what that means. And I'm so excited to have you here. Welcome, Julie. Thank you so much, Victoria. I love hearing that because, I mean, you're all about intuition and those little taps. That's it right there, leading us to this perfect path that we didn't even know existed. So I'm excited because there's some mystery here that I didn't even know about. It's awesome to hear that you were tapped like that. Thanks for having me. Yes, that's how I pretty much do everything nowadays. But yeah, absolutely. And I was sharing with you a little bit before we got on, I know absolutely nothing about, you know, being a guide and healer in the lineage of King Solomon. But I have seen four clients over the years on more than one occasion that they were part of that lineage. And I have told them that. So as soon as I saw that was a thing, like a real thing and not just something I was randomly guided to tell people, I got so excited. So I'm going to now learn through you. And I'm sure some listeners too will be really, really, you know, might recognize this in themselves as well. I'm just excited to learn because a lot of times when you follow your intuition and you, you probably know this, but this is the way I work. I don't really know what I'm doing. The guides just work through me. And sometimes they tap on things that I know, which is really fun because then I sound smart, but other times they just work through me and tell me things I discover and learn as I, as they come out of my mouth. And so now you're on my path and I get to learn more. So I will stop talking. Tell us your story, how you discovered that you were part of this lineage or got connected with that. And then we'll talk about what it is and what you do. I am smiling ear to ear hearing that. I just feel so excited. I'm like, of course, on some level that's possible, but just to hear you say that you've done that, it just blows my mind and reaffirms the magic of what we do. So amazing. So I don't know where to start. I'll start with me. And I didn't always believe in magic. I didn't always listen to my intuition. I lived a kind of shut down life for a long time. And I say that I lived a shut down life, but if you looked at me, you wouldn't have thought, oh, that girl is living a shut down life because I traveled the world. I lived in China Wow. and I lived in Israel and I just, I did things that people thought were like adventurous and courageous But, and they certainly were, they took courage and it took a little bit of chutzpah to use my little Israeli connection there, but it wasn't necessarily where my exciting, courageous boundary lied. It wasn't where I was leaning into life, right? Like that was kind of the easy way for me to participate. And there were other ways that I was really boxing myself in. So life has a way of unboxing you. And I, after I have a degree in science, I have a master's degree in neurobiology 
And after I completed that degree, it was sort of this first time that I was really untethered. I had three months. I didn't have anything to do and have any job lined up. I had money saved away. And so I traveled to India and it's like the most trite story you could ever tell. But I went to India and I had a total spiritual awakening while I was there. And it was so powerful because I lived very much from the mind and I wanted to verify and validate and know concretely everything that was happening. Very much like what you were saying when you give clients tidbits, when you know what the tidbit is, you're like, oh, yes, I know I'm so wise. But when you're giving people tidbits and you don't actually even know what you're saying, that's a whole nother thing. It took a while. And like you, I have a background in neuropsychology so similar and a PhD and lots of left brain things. So I totally got that journey. It was very similar for me. Yeah, absolutely. And not to put any of that down, it's just that this is really what brought me to the lineage of King Solomon. So I had the spiritual awakening, but even while I was in science, I knew that there was more like me being in science was my, the best way that I could ask those bigger questions about what is life? Who am I? What am I doing here? And I just thought that science was going to answer that. I thought that if I went into biological research, I was asking the cutting edge questions about what does the brain do? How does the brain work? I would understand these answers. And, and maybe if I was a scientist back 100 or 150 years ago, that would have led me closer to those answers. But unfortunately, what I've seen recently is that science is very much split from spirituality, which doesn't have to be the case. And this is the cool thing. So I had my spiritual awakening, blew my mind away. Like I just, my concept of reality totally transformed because I now had this palpable experience of the richness and multidimensionality of life. Like I could then feel people's chakra energies, which I couldn't explain. Right. And there was no, it wasn't like so were you doing the, something special in India or you just kind of landed the plane and boom, you know, your life exploded? It did not explode when I landed the plane. I okay. had, so, so there's a lot I could say here. One thing that I'll say from my reflection is that the way that the culture of India works is that it's a little bit chaotic, especially for us Americans. We want plans. We like our structure, but sometimes those plans can actually turn into rigidity and can prevent us from following our heart in those magical and mysterious ways where we would meet those people that we so desperately need to meet and connect with. And India took all of my plans and it tossed them onto the ground and threw them out into the garbage, which I had different feelings about. But so there was this whole unraveling process that happened at three months time. And ultimately I sort of landed totally by serendipity with my people, my crew, you know, my soul tribe. I didn't have those words back then to explain it. It was just like home. And it was such a smattering of individuals. Like one was this 21 year old French guy was 26 at the time, a German girl, two people who were from Chennai, from India. We were just this motley crew, but there was huge magic around us and possibility and awakenings that occurred. So part of it was the magic of that town that we were in, which is a very spiritual town. Part of it was also the magic of the people. And I think there was this greater magic about me coming into the fullness of what I believe is my contract with the divine and with, with myself, you know, I had signed up for certain things in this life and I wasn't really showing up for them right. or maybe I was, but it was just that moment was asking me to step further into those questions a little bit more deeply. 
Um, and then I returned to the U.S. I've been living abroad for about four years at that time. And I returned to the U.S. My life totally transformed because I had this experience that didn't fit into anything I, had, I could really explain. And that is where, and I, I think that all of that energy coming through my mind, my system, my life was like, she's open now. She can meet a spiritual guide and not roll her eyes. Right. And listen, because that's the thing. Are we listening? Are we open? I was not open to listening. Right. And again, I think sometimes, and this might've been your experience too, when we're on that sort of left brain scientific path. And I, our stories are so much alike, even though I'm quite a bit older than you, because I went into psychology and philosophy and I was, I, I wanted to be a neuroscientist from the time I was 13 and I just didn't like pre-med classes. So I went a little more <laughs> neuropsych, cognitive psych, but those questions were so important to me. And I got to the end of my journey, you know, with a PhD from a fancy school and the questions were gone. There was nowhere to answer the questions. It was answering really reductionistic kind of boring questions and my soul wasn't in it. And, but I didn't know where my soul had went, you know, because I didn't know what I was really looking for. And I was looking for it, you know, in a place where it just wasn't. So, you know, it could be, I agree, science and spirituality, you know, used to be the exact same thing. It's just that we live in a world right now where they have diverged a lot. And I think, you know, sometimes it's even not cool if you're in a scientific realm, you know, to talk about the spiritual stuff, even though that was always everything that I was interested in, the missing piece that I didn't know was there. So I think it's so cool. Absolutely. I hear you 100%. Not cool, almost like laughed at, like lesser than if you're going to bring up the divine. And when I look at back at it now, I do, I have so much compassion for people who live like that because I understand why I was that way. You know, I had hard experiences when I was a child and I was like, what kind of God would do this? What kind of God would allow this? So it was easier to just say, well, there must not be divine than to really grapple with those hard issues. And only, you know, then this kind of is me, not even at the beginning of my spiritual awakening, but really still going on very much within me now. And in the middle, having this reawakening to, okay, I'm actually going to let the divine back into my life because I was so angry about those things that had happened, that it was like, I shut this door on that possibility even being there. And so when I look at a lot of scientists who might kind of laugh at spirituality, that's a little bit what I see. Yeah, I think that that's common. I see that with a lot of clients. And of course, clients that come to me are usually open to the spiritual, at least to some extent because of what I do. But I think we know it's very common for humans to varying degrees to feel like when life is hard, we feel forsaken and it shuts that down. And it's hard to explain life to people. It's hard to explain someone that's had a loss or a child that's been abused or, you know, all of the countless horrible things that can sometimes happen in our human bodies. It's sometimes hard to explain that. And sometimes I don't even try. You know, I just, I'm a witness and I hold the space for people because I know eventually in this body, in another body, whenever the time is right, they will come around, but it sounds like you came around. Oh yeah, I came around. And so that's kind of me and the lineage of King Solomon. So I 
met a spiritual guide. She's still my spiritual guide. So I still very much, you know, have that connection with her. It's not really like a guru ship, but I'll, I'll ask her questions. She doesn't always have the answers. Kind of like what you're saying. A lot of times it's just holding that space for the person so that you have somebody to be there for you. And being, I'm an apprentice spiritual guide. So I'm still uh, in that process of becoming certified myself. And it's like, you still need it. You still need that person who's going to hold the light for you. And maybe even more than just one, I have, you know, more than just one people who I, I look up to in a spiritual capacity. And so this, the lineage of King Solomon, it, it kind of goes with everything we were talking about. So King Solomon, people might know him already. You might be like, oh, isn't he Jewish? He was maybe, but he was also what we call a metaphysician. So back 3000 years ago, science wasn't separate from spirituality, healing, doctors, anything related to the physical body wasn't separate from the divine, wasn't spe- separate from spirit. So if you got sick, you saw a priest, a shaman, a medicine man. You saw somebody who might deal with herbs, who might deal with tinctures, but they're also dealing with spirit. Right. But he foresaw, because he was a very great teacher, they call him Solomon the Wise, he foresaw a time when that wouldn't be the case, which is essentially now. Right. There's many teachings about how now is just this really important time in the history of humanity, and that's partially why I was able to find the mystery school and the lineage of King Solomon too, is that this is a time of no more secrets. It's a time of mass awakening. You know, people are waking up on this planet on their own, off in the corner of the world, uh, just out of nowhere, but it's not out of nowhere. It's because the consciousness of humanity is raising in frequency. And so we are able to uh, hear those teachings at a deeper level, understand those teachings at a different level, and really like rise into this next, whatever that is, that next level of humanity, that next evolution of our own understanding of who and what we are in this world. So it's really beautiful. It's amazing. And I think that is true. I think there are many different lineages that are all pointing in that same direction. So it's so cool. Oh yeah. It's a planetary thing. And this, so this, the lineage of King Solomon goes 3000 years ago, and it is very much tied also to that part of the world, to Egypt. He was married to Queen Sheba. So there's energy from the Egyptian mystery school, which is not, I mean, it might be a closed down thing, but it's not really a functioning thing right now. in, in this world, it might be super, super underground. We don't know, but it has, it does have that energy infused into it, which is energy of passion, very much magic. Egyptians were amazing magicians who were able to create a lot of change. You know, we think about magic, especially for coming from that scientific mind as like hand waving, but magic at its truest form is actually science and science discovery, scientific discovery. Absolutely. And we are all magic. Have you been to Egypt? I haven't. I lived in Israel. I've never been there. Uh, well, in 2023, I, I have. And in 2023, I'm going to lead a retreat back. So I hope that you will you will be there with us. So you can go all the way back to the lineage before your lineage because it is magical and it is it is a complete and total like just being there, I think, is an energy activation. It's amazing. Israel is my next stop on the journey. I have a I have been given a plan, but yeah. I but just got so excited. I definitely yeah, want it's more amazing. information. It's amazing there and you feel it. You feel it. I mean, the energy there is obviously very different now than it was thousands of years ago. But I know for me, when I was there, you could just feel into, you know, the original mystery school, so to speak. 
No, absolutely. So I actually went back to Israel a few years ago after, you know, I had been really intensively studying spirituality for a few years at that point. And I went back and it was palpable. I could just feel the energy and the light coming in, which is, I think also partially why there has been a lot of war and other issues, because as we know, when the light comes in, it also illuminates even with greater intensity, those issues that we have within us and none of us are perfect. So we all have that. And I would say very much, actually, that's what's been happening in the United States too. A lot of light has been coming in and it's been just dredging up things that maybe we thought we'd already dealt with issues that we thought are, you know, in the past, it's like, no, we actually need to revisit this at a deeper level and heal before we can move into that next frequency. And I think of it too, you know, we use that metaphor of light, but light lets you see things more clearly. Light lets you see into the corners of things. And as there are more people on the planet right now that are holding that higher level of consciousness, it helps us again, like you just said, re look at things from that, that new perspective and also hold the light for people that haven't gotten to that higher level of consciousness right yet. So it actually works in perfect synchronicity. It's a beautiful thing. It is absolutely beautiful. And it's, I mean, it's happening, whether or not we believe it, whether or not we want it to be, you know, however we feel about it, it's not really relevant. It's like, it's in full blown action. And some would say it's been sort of like in planned action for thousands yeah. of years coming. So, so that was kind of the vision that King Solomon saw. And the next order of business was he wanted to take this tradition is like you said, there, there have been ancient mystery schools. It's a tradition of humanity basically, but he wanted to make protect it and make sure that this wisdom and knowledge and these tools that he had would stay intact for those thousands of years till the future. So he, he not only, you know, created this body of wisdom, but he also sort of compiled. And he was actually like a scientist back in his day where he took healers from all over the world, medicine men from all over shamans. He built the famous temple of Solomon, which the Freemasons or the Masons at the time built for him using sacred geometry And all of these, you know, he was imbuing everything that he did with magic, basically, to create this amazing container. And then he looked at the different healings that people had, basically the tools that we already had that would reconnect us to our divine self, should we go astray. And that is really what the lineage of King Solomon is. It's a body of teachings. It's also a body of healings. And it's that energetic wisdom gained over thousands of years. I mean, even before really he became that founder, but him being that key person to really compile everything together. And then obviously he also began tracing it. So before King Solomon, the records aren't as reliable, let's say. So, because people really did just by word of mouth transmit things. So after him, we have an actual record of, okay, who was holding essentially the energy for this lineage? Because in order for the lineage to be as pure as it was 3000 years ago, there has to be somebody kind of looking out for it right? to make sure it doesn't, cause that's, I mean, I don't, I'm not a historian into the mystery schools of old, although I am reading Manly P. Hall, if anybody's interested, he's an amazing story. Do you know I don't, but I will make sure you're going to give me that information and we will have it in the show notes because I'm always looking for new things to read and and we love making book suggestions on the show. 
Yes, he is a Freemason and he was also initiated into the lineage of King Solomon as like a lower level adept, but he just has this huge vast wealth of information about all of the philosophers of old and the different mystery schools of old and initiates of old. And, you know, a lot of them did get corrupted. Yes. So how do you keep it pure and sacred? How do you keep that container working? And it very much does deal with that person who's holding the energy. So the purity, the sanctity of the lineage, because I love that you're like steering people to the lineage of King Solomon, because when I first even heard the word lineage, my whole brain went, what? like, what's the lineage? Like, why does that matter? But, uh, and it's funny because so the school, the modern mystery school, the lineage of King Solomon, it's all over the world. There's major centers in Japan, major centers in Brazil, Toronto, South Africa, and the UK. And each culture has their own sort of like issues with different things. But in Japan, the school is flourishing because they understand lineage. Like as soon as somebody says lineage, they're like, oh yes, that's important. And then for my American brain, I'm like, well, who cares? But now I understand the value because the lineage is really only as pure and sacred and holy as the people who have become part of it and the energy that they've brought to it. And so, you know, for better, for worse, that is a a hugely important aspect and perhaps been the downfall of other things in the past where people really became corrupted. Right. And I think it's human nature up until now, there's lots of, you know, the ego corrupts lots of things. And I think a lot of us here at this time too are reconnecting with lineages, the older souls on the planet are connecting back with lineages. So we can go all the way back to those early things, reconnect with when we remembered and bring it forward into the now and start to connect and correct and purify. But I think it's also super cool that from what you're saying, this is a lineage that, you know, has been preserved consciously throughout time, which which is amazing. It's really amazing. It's truly amazing. And I'm like, it's amazing. I didn't get that at all. Only now that I've really been studying and then teaching, I'm like, oh, this is why it's powerful. This is why it works because it's really carrying that energy that's been built up by countless people over countless years. And so I love that you're just getting that right now. Cause for me, (laughs) that really took doing it over time. And it's funny because, you know, so the tools worked for me from the get-go, we have a class that this is what I'm an apprentice guide for right now. It's called empower thyself initiation. And it is an initiation. There's a sacred ritual at the end of the class. It's an energetic attunement. You know, there are teachings, but it's very much about that energy component. And so that was already working for me, whether or not I believed it, because I was still very skeptical, right? I had had this powerful awakening. So I understood I didn't understand, but I didn't really know what was, it was like, okay, that old thing isn't working for me, but I don't really know what the new thing is. There's all these words and concepts and ideas, and I don't totally get it. But so it really was a process for me to kind of continue to chip away at that stone. Like, okay, well, what's that? What's that mean? Well, what does that mean? What does that do? And who's that? And what's that? And then only after a large amount of time, and you know, not, it's only been probably six years now. So it's not like decades and decades, but after a year or two years, I could come back to that first thing that I had learned or come back to that thing that somebody had said that one time and finally see it. Right. 
That's so huge what you say, because I think that that's so important. Anyone who's on a, we're all on a spiritual journey, but anyone who's on a conscious spiritual journey, anyone who's experiencing more consciously their awakening, anyone who's tuned into a podcast like mine or a podcast like yours and is starting to tune into these channels, right? We're going to understand the teachings on many different levels. And you're going to find that you're going to go back to the same teaching five years later and go, wait, now I'm hearing it totally different. And that's exactly as it should be. That's exactly as it should be because what's happening, friends, is you're expanding your awareness. And as your awareness expands, you get more and more of that bird's eye view. And, and so that's why a lot of people, I think, are drawn to, I was not one of those people, but a lot of people are drawn to these concrete schools and these concrete ways because you can roll up your sleeves, get your hands in there, start working, and you know before you have the bird's eye view. And it also gives you the framework for awakening that bird's eye view, right? Because there are steps, there are support, there are people around you, you know, holding an energy, holding the light for you so that you can do that. So I think that is a beautiful way to do that journey. It's different for everyone. And I would also say too, and then I have a bunch of questions for you, People who are listening, some of you are going to be like, oh my God, King Solomon, I got to learn about that. And others of you are going to be like, what? And again, you know, there are, there are numerous lineages and, you know, I'm one who feels connection to a lot of them personally, and it's just the old teachings. And you may be called towards shamanism. You may be called towards, you know, when I started my awakening, I'm a Jewish girl born and bred who was very much drawn to Jesus. And those teachings and the Christ consciousness, you will find, and going back to Egypt, there was that. So you will find your way, but, but Julie, you are such a beautiful example of awakening and listening and finding your tribe. Can you tell us, like, I know it's a mystery school, so I know you don't share everything, but can you tell us some tools or some, you know, some things that you would use with your clients that my listeners might find useful? Yeah, sure. So it's interesting. It's a mystery school, but part of that mystery is exactly what we were talking about before. It's that quite literally like life won't give you her answers until you are ready to see them. So it's not even like, oh, let me tell you the mysteries of the universe. (laughs) It's like, here, let me take these clouds, these veils, these dark, whatever lenses that you've been looking at life through off of your face so that you can now see and penetrate into the mysteries of life. And, you know, your heart needs to be open. That was really, my heart wasn't really open to the mysteries partially because of what we talked about before my relationship with the divine. And I use the word God. Some people don't use that, but I do that now. And I was so angry. Of course, life wasn't going to let me in. Cause I wasn't letting life in, you know, I had kind of like a big middle finger up and the mysteries there, you know, it's a feminine energy. It's not going to open up if you're coming at it with a baseball bat. So yes, mysteries. I mean, the tools are the tools that you would see anywhere. So the three major tools that you get in the mystery school, I mean, and get, I, that's not even the right word. We use meditation, uh, prayer, This was a very interesting one for me, as you can imagine with everything I've already shared, difficult because prayer, you know, meditation, we're really listening. We're quieting our minds that we can hear that inner voice 
or you know, spirit, however you want to think about it, but we're quieting so that we can become sensitive to what's already happening, what's already there within us. And so that the monkey mind can slow down and not run the show. But prayer is about relationship because we're not here in isolation. You know, I'm as much as I was angry at the divine, there was always that energy there supporting me. I like Sia, the musician, I don't know if you know her. Uh, I know Sia. She's been so interesting. She's been part of my healing journey and she has a song called Footsteps. It's, it's almost cheesy, but it makes me cry almost every time I listen to it. But the lyrics basically go, two footsteps in the sand. I thought you abandoned me and let go of my hand, but you were carrying me. You were carrying me to safety. Two footsteps, two footsteps in the sand. And wow. that, yeah, yeah. And I remember listening to that and that was so exactly my relationship with the divine because I was so angry and I really felt like I had been abandoned and left in the lurch. And when I look back, I see how, you know, life led me back to myself, even when I had forgotten and led me back to my goodness and to the joy and to the beauty, even when I had put on my middle finger and whatever else I was up to. And so rebuilding that relationship is so essential if somebody has experienced things like that. But even if not, right, like we are co-creators, we're co, we're part of it. So being able to say, hey, this is what I want. This is what I'm struggling with. Or even to say, hey, I'm angry about this and I am pissed off and I don't understand what's going on. Or to say, hey, actually, I'm so grateful. Thanks for bringing this into my life. You know, whatever it is that needs to be said, that's kind of how I see prayer now. And it's so meditation is listening and prayer is, is building that relationship and communicating. I love it. And you said there was a third. And there's a third. And so the third is ritual. And actually, it's super interesting. So the Masons helped to build this Temple of Solomon. And so they actually kind of saw a lot of what was going on. So I've never studied in masonry, but apparently a lot of their rituals are kind of really similar to what we would do. The school would say that because it's not tied to the lineage, like it doesn't have the energy of the lineage coming through, it's not quite the same, but it's very, I mean, you can find those rituals in books, you can find them on the internet, but it's really about creating a structure. And that was so much of what you were saying about the school and what it brought to me, because I had this beautiful spiritual awakening. I mean, my consciousness dissolved into the universal consciousness and I became one with everything. Wow. And then I became myself again. And there was no way for that energy to ground in my life because I didn't have any practical structures through which that light could flow and really the fruits could flourish. So very much like what you said, that the school is a highly structured system that, uh, that sort of facilitates awakening in quote unquote safe way, whatever that means. But it's like, it's a little bit less uh, wild, wild west than you like doing some Kundalini Kriyas and you're not, you know, not within a structured Kundalini program, let's say, or, you know, me right. off in India, like, oh, what's just happened? So it's that facilitated structured support through your own personal progression and evolution. And the rituals are a big part of that. So it's about structuring your energy because actually we sometimes think that discipline and freedom are at odds with, with one another. 
But if we create structure in our life, we're actually freeing up mental and emotional space where now it's like, oh, I I know this is going to happen. I know this is going to happen. I don't have to think about it or worry about it or plan it. I just do. And now I can actually be much more free and open and flowing. So it's the same thing with our energy structure, especially like you said, as we expand and we grow, we really want those containers to be solid so that we can have that aha moment or we can gracefully move through that shadow side when we see it come up versus be kind of blindsided and have to spend like a week in recovery or whatever it might be. So, so that's the ritual. Right. And I think it's that dynamic tension between structure and freedom that works. And especially when that structure is something that is coming from a higher place, when it's coming from your intuition, when you're co-creating it, when you're allowing it to be flexible and grow with you, you know, that's where it's really important when you're sticking an arbitrary structure that doesn't fit you on top of you, which is probably what most of us do and thinking that is the only way. And that if you don't fit into that, you're wrong. That's less comfortable. Oh my gosh. 100%. So what you just reminded me of, I, I see this, it's no dig against religion, but it's, I see that a lot in, you know, religion is at its purest sense, this like worship and gratitude and excitement and praise of the divine. But over time, a lot of religions have become kind of codified and maybe a little bit overly restrictive. I think that's why a lot of people are turning towards what we would say spirit. Like I call myself spiritual, but not religious because they're kind of chafing at those boxes that we've put ourselves in. But even outside of religion, I, you know, I was a scientist. I worked in a laboratory. I was living and breathing in this box that didn't feel good for me. And yet at the same time, I didn't really know what else to do. And I think that's true for a lot of people. Like, you know, I think about what gifts the lineage has brought me in my own spiritual path. And the biggest one is independence. And when I think about what that really means for me, it's like the ability to know what I want and to build it for myself and not feel like I need to live in somebody else's box in order to live my life, in order to pay my bills, be safe, uh, have the things that I want, have the job that I want, whatever. It's like, no, this is coming from me and I can be that owner of it and the owner really of my own energy and my own life. I love that. That is beautiful. (laughs) So one more thing I wanted to ask you. When you were talking about King Solomon and when you're talking about the mystery squall, I see very clearly a place. It's a place in the desert. I guess this is cliche. There's a lot of sun, but the sun is like very particular. It's very particular how it comes down and it has a very golden hue to it. And everything kind of is meant to capture and encapsulate that golden hue. I also see color and I do believe that we're probably something akin to what we have now, what we would call stained glass, because I see the color coming through. It's not so much crystals, but panes. So I am curious to know, is this a thing? It could well very be. I have not seen that. But so the lineage itself, it is also called the hermetic ray. So it's built on this ray of energy coming through source. And it's a very specific ray that's being anchored by the mystery school. So Another sort of teaching is that there are seven great mystery schools on the earth. You can, they all kind of add up with a different chakra. 
but they're working with different rays of source of divine energy that's coming through. And so the mystery school, the lineage of King Solomon specifically is dealing with a certain ray and it's called the hermetic ray. It's typically thought of to be more of like a blue purple ray, but it's the ray, it's the ray of purity, but it's interesting. So the lineage of King Solomon is also part, it's the energy of the golden dawn. So the golden dawn is a British mystery school whose doors are now closed and it's it's evolved so it's not the exact same energy but it's that same lineage that's coming through and that dealt more with like yellow sun ray which is what you were talking about and now it's very much about the heart so the mission of the mystery school is peace on earth we need some of that we do and it's it's just about it's about creating inner peace and then through that inner peace being able to spread peace to others and that's the mission i love it all right I could talk to you forever, but only I can't. (laughs) So we have to start wrapping up. Julie, tell listeners briefly what it looks like to work with you. And then if if they feel called to work with you or follow any of this information where they can find you and where they can learn more about the King Salomon Mystery School. Thank you so much. I'm so excited. So if people want to work with me, I mean, I do. So I offer healings. That's a big part of it is as we grow, as the light comes in, we want to clear away what's being illuminated gently with grace. We don't have to stay, I call it the hamster wheel, right? We don't have to stay in the hamster wheel of our issues forever. And so it's a lot about creating grace and movement and flow within that awakening process for people. Um, but then also very much like I talked about the empower thyself initiation. It's, it is, it's an initiation. It's the beginning. It's the start of something it is the initiation into a lit and into a mystery school. People are into that. If they feel called to that, if that's your jam, it's an initiation to the mysteries of life. That's pretty dope. Yeah. So um, reach out to me. But I did say the school is international. If people are curious about it, maybe I can give you the link or they could Absolutely. find on my site. But there is like a international headquarters. People can find people in their area who are doing this work so that they don't feel I'm, you know, I'm here in Boston. So if that works for people, great. But if not, they can find people who are local to them. Now I will have all this information in the show notes for sure, but give your information verbally because not everyone actually checks the show notes and some people might just want to know where to find you without having to go there. Sounds good. So my name is Julie Grimm. Pretty much all of my social media is my name. So my Instagram is Julie E. Grimm. You can see my bright, shiny face. I post a lot of selfies there. So I guess you can't see my face right now, but you'll find me. And same thing on Facebook. And then my website is ohmbaby, O-H-M-B-A-B-Y.com. So you can find more information there. Beautiful. Yay. Is there anything else that we didn't get to? Any parting words that you'd like to share with the listeners? No, I've just had such a great time. And thank you as always, Victoria, for having me on your show. Oh, thank you so much for coming. This was amazing. I learned so much and I'm so excited to learn more. Thank you so much for joining us today. I hope that you found joy, strength, inspiration, and clarity from today's episode. If you'd like to learn more and connect with an amazing group of like-minded souls, please join us over on Facebook in the Intuitive Connection Community Facebook group, where we explore these topics in deeper detail, have additional live teachings, and host Facebook Lives with our amazing guests. I hope to see you there. And of course, if you want to learn more about me or the work that I do, please check out my webpage, victoriashawintuitive.com. 
Thank you so much again and namaste. Do you want to deepen your connection to the divine, speed up your progress on the spiritual path, then tune in to the Spirit Matters podcast. I'm the host, Philip Goldberg, and I interview experts with wisdom, insight, and practical guidance for every seeker of truth. Spirit Matters on the mindbodyspirit.fm network. Subscribe wherever you get your podcasts.